Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Anime Summit Podcast, your favorite podcast of all time, I'm pretty sure. I don't know what else you listen to. Probably other podcasts that aren't as good. Anyway, <laughs> it's your favorite Hofa show, Sam the Mom. Ooh, I like that, Hofa show. That's and, great. of course, your favorite memeologist, Nick. Nick the, Nick the Brick. House. Nick the Brick. I got a brick for No, a that's your mafia name. name. No your that's Nick. your mafia name. Hey, was, Nick the was brick. it Jimmy the Hat? No, it was Nick the Brick. <laughs> his calling card is a brick. You just toss you just toss a brick at people. Someone pulls out a gun, you pull out a brick, and you just yep. you just that's all I you do. just wreck shop. I'm like the wet bandits from yeah, the, uh, wet, Home the Alone. Or the sticky bandits. We, we gotta leave her a calling card. He's like, dude, just fucking stop that. It's like no. Leave their faucets on. Yeah, leave their faucets on. <laughs> the wet bandits. Uh, fucking Nick the Brick, okay? Listen, today's episode, we're going to be talking about Kino's journey because hype. Hype hype city. The new show is coming out. Remake is already See, at first I thought it was, first I thought it right was a sequel, but it's a remake. It's a little bit of both. It's kind of like Brotherhood. They're like doing it a little differently, a little right? A little, a little bit more. They're they're uh, they're gonna repeat some stories and potentially change some things, but um, yeah. So I mean, it's if you've seen the first one, it's still worth watching the remake, assuming it's not bad. So <laughs> which it, it should be. So fine. Nick decided it'd be a good idea to review the OG Kino's journey or Kino no Tabi from. Uh, 2003. Studio ACGT. Don't know if they still. I don't uh, think they do. Have I don't think they do actually. 2003 was like almost 15 years ago. So holy shit, that's that's crazy. Well, well, no, they're doing Dice Array. Dice Dice Array. Oh shit! All right, there we go. But I know the new Kino's Journey is not by by yeah. It's It's by uh, um. Who do we got? Shit. I didn't even look at that. I'm clicking on it okay. right now. It's by a different studio, and they have a bunch of different staff as well. Actually, almost all of the staff are different, except for, like, the producers. Okay. Um, But, yeah, the old the old Kino's Journey is, like, a, it's kind of like a cult classic a little bit. Um, It's pretty popular on Mal. It's, like, number 100, and it's in the top 150 of, of rank of Mal score and the top 600 on popularity. Oh, they just so it's pretty. It's pretty hot. So there, ACGT, so. along with JC Staff, just did a uh, Minami Kamakura, the bicycle show with the girls. All right, the, the <laughs> one that it was yeah. like last season or last uh, winter. There's so many bicycle shows because Japan's all obsessed with that. My bad. My favorite one's still Bakuan because it was fucking hilarious. But yeah, um, so yeah, the, the new Kino's Journey is by Lurch Studio. Lurch. Okay, there you go. Or Lurche, however you Lau, Lau, um, Yeah, so so uh, Kino's Journey, classic. We are reviewing it today in honor of the new series that's coming out and just felt like the best time to do it. It's a popular show. Might as well might as well do it. Other people are talking about it, so we're going to talk about it. And also, it was my first time watching it, and it was Nick's first time watching it as well. So this is kind of fresh off the press, if you know what I'm saying. So certified, fresh. certified fresh. It is October tenth, twenty seventeen today, and let's get down to the niche, to the news. to the niche and the bitchy news news anchor <laughs> Nick the Stick. So there's not a lot this week. A um, couple of quick ones. Twitch TV is going to stream all two hundred and thirty six episodes of Yu Gi Oh, and. I'm a little hyped for that. I, I I can't wait for all the memes, all the Brooklyn rages and uh, the nyes and stuff like that. Man, Yu-Gi-Oh! Well, Yu-Gi-Oh! Abridged is one of my favorite anime of all time, and I know it's not a real anime, <laughs> but the original Yu-Gi-Oh! spawned all of that, and it, it should just be fun. Like, watching anime on Twitch TV has proven to be it might, like one of the best ways time to watch it. It's Dude, the memes are going to be crazy. It's going to be going a mile. My favorite, my favorite Yu-Gi-Oh meme to this day is still, it's a picture of Yami Yugi with a clock, and it's like, oh, would you look at the time? And every number is replaced with oh, the word yeah. duel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, that, that one's classic. Yeah, I can't get can't get away from that one. But yeah, dude, that's gonna be. I actually good. really like the idea of Yu-Gi-Oh. I just love it. I used to, I love I used to love playing the game. Maybe I'll stream some Dueling Network for Anime Summit Extra. But I I still love the game. It's just a big power creep though, so it's like and it's expensive. But anyway. Yeah. You, the idea of Yu-Gi-Oh! is cool, though. Like, they went on the island, and they had to collect all the stars from the other players. And Island arc, dude. Yeah, dude. The first That's arc. That's my shit. <laughs> and then the Battle City arc after that, island. where they, like, had the the holographic devices were portable and on their hands and shit. That was cool. And then after yeah, that, it got weird. Just, <laughs> there's a lot. Yeah, with with Pegasus. That, that was one of my favorite parts. Yeah, Pegasus. He and was the, cool. He was like... What is it? Bandit Keith? Or yeah, whatever, Bandit the Keith. Guy. The American guy American. who they portrayed as super... In America. They portrayed as super <laughs> douchey. Like, yeah, yeah. And it was just kind of like, the only, okay. I'm going to be honest. I've never actually watched all of Yu-Gi-Oh! original. Um, or not even that many of it. Or that many I, episodes. I, I woke up every Saturday and watched... Yu-Gi-Oh! Abridged is my introduction to the show. I woke up... That's what I know. I woke up every Saturday and watched it. And, um, uh, freaking, we, I think we probably stopped watching it when it got after like the battle city part, which was probably like in the fifties somewhere. I don't know, but it just got too much yeah. after that. And I, I know they've done like remakes and stuff of this and I heard a few of them are actually pretty good. So. Well, that, that anyway, show uh, itself, the, the that show Yu-Gi-Oh. itself is actually a remake cause there was a animated series from like the eighties. But anyway, yeah, that's enough Yu-Gi-Oh talk. Sorry. We went on too long for that one. Yeah. But, but yeah, anyway. So the other a uh, short piece of news is, and we'll talk a little bit about this more on the next episode where, of our fall seasonal first impressions. There's a there's a short called Pingu in the City, which topped uh, the Mal ranking charts earlier this week or last Fucking week. Fucking funny. And <laughs> it's a meme because the show is, it, like the name is really funny. So someone just picked it and they're like, this is getting a 10. And everyone just brigaded the score of the show. <laughs> gave it. I don't know the the max score that it was at at one point. It was above a nine. It was at like a nine point four or something. And now it's now it's sitting at number seventeen on Mel. So basically, <laughs> so basically, like you're saying in true internet no. fashion, you know, <laughs> it's at an eight point nine seven right now. It I think it peaked around a nine point mid mid nine, and it was like number one on Mel for a second for a hot minute. Um. And yeah, it's just fucking funny. Like, it just goes to show that you can't take Mal scores and like top ranks right. seriously because fucking look just at it. Half fucking the list trolls is like Nick are out there voting for dumb shit. Half the list is stuff that came out in the last year and a half. It's like, is that all really the top like best shows that everyone needs to see? No, fuck no. So you know, don't don't trust Mal. Don't trust these rankings. Um, really, just. <laughs> It's best just to like Google it and like find like videos and uh, Im- image albums and threads that give you advice. Don't 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 yeah, look at don't the Mal be, yeah, anymore. Yeah. I really I really hope that this kind of inspires them to like fix how the top shows are 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 like put there. Get rid of all the sequels. Like just chunk Gintama into one score. Put it at you know whatever number three. I don't give a fuck. But like we don't need five Gintama entries. You know, it's dumb. Five, anyway, five Gintama yeah. entries. I think there's literally five. <laughs> Two, three, four, five, six, seven. <laughs> seven of them in like the top eleven. Like I don't know, How is that a list? That's fucking ridiculous. It's not even real. Pingu in the city is better than all <laughs> of that. Dude, we, we gotta cover that show. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna watch it. I'll definitely watch it. Um, it's a it's a kid. So show. what else you got? But yeah, so that was the, that was the short stuff there. Uh, and then the the main piece of news is J.J. Abrams uh, was announced to produce the live action version of Your Name, God. and people are understandably like anxious about this because like that you don't need to remake no, it. It's already it's a good movie. Like, yeah, you know? right. How are you going to do this? And Hollywood, knowing them, they're going to fucking butcher it somehow. Although with J.J. Abrams, like I think he can do a good job. I don't know. As long as they is as long as they don't fuck up the writing and they have they cast good actors, and they have like a high um, budget, then I think the movie can be good. But if they like, if if they just like go full Ghost in the Shell on it, and just water down all the themes and make it shitty, then, you know why? 
<laughs> yeah, I don't. I just I hope never. I just Hollywood adaptations of anime is just never good. I just don't think they're ever. Although, I think this one can do it because the th- the premise of your name is is simple enough that even Hollywood would have a hard time fucking it up. Whereas Ghost in the Shell is pretty complicated. Yeah. And, uh, even Death Note is kind of complicated. Like, yeah. it you know to make that into a live action thing, you got to make these. You know, you got to go through all these hoops and stuff. But your name is like, you know, it's pretty, it's a pretty wide appeal show. Anybody can understand it. So, really, I think it comes down to like directing and acting. So don't but, fuck it up, JJ. I don't know why they need to do this. Like, they should just have. That's like, the why main is it thing. So hard for the, That's the main thing. Why is it so hard for the USA to get wide releases in theaters of anime movies? Are they like? Because the, I actually don't know. Why, because the, they don't make money. They order. want to be able to make money on it. So J.J. Abrams makes a live live adaptation of it, and America, American Hollywood gets to make money off of Japanese no, I mean, things. Like, you know, Disney helped put out a bunch of Ghibli movies. In, that's because Disney's a, a lot of. Theaters, that's because Disney's like, smart and all that. So why the fuck didn't Disney pick up your name? Like it was like the biggest grossing movie last year. I don't much. know. <laughs> This makes no sense. To I don't me. know, like, dude. I don't know. They must have that... been planning this as it was going on. Because yeah, it was like the biggest anime movie of the past like decade as far as box office. I don't know how that's. There's no works. reason why we couldn't get a bitter release. In you the know, US. Nick. It fucking baffles. Oops, sorry, me. hold on. My bad. That's computer noise. You know what, Nick? Not everyone is as smart as you and I. So it's just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like oh, the way people do shit up in Hollywood and the way those those fuckers work is just like. What can we make money oh, on? Dude. And then they just do it. And it like, this isn't really related to anime, but you heard about all the this the scandals with the Weinstein's and all that, and like what? No, all the sexual uh, assaults are starting to bubble up to the surface. Oh now. my god, are you fucking kidding me? Sort of. Cause, well, dude, that shit's been going on ever since it started. Like, well, I mean, not just the sexual assault in Hollywood has always been a problem, but like with the Weinstein's though, like the Weinstein company. Yeah, he got like he got like kicked out of his own company, but not really or something. I don't know. It's all I'm shady. Gonna Google, I'm gonna Google that later. Shit. But yeah, damn. I don't know. It's not really anime related. But no, but yeah. Hollywood sucks though. Like, so that's all you need to know. <laughs> like, like, yeah. I just think of the the Family Guy thing where he's like, Walt Disney's drawing the Minnie Mouse, and he's like, "You want to be a star, don't you?" Yeah, <laughs> it's like straight down. That's kind of fucked up to laugh at it, but it's cartoons, so. Uh yeah. Anyway, um, so hopefully your name will be good. I've yet to see a good anime adaptation, but they've always they've always adapted like these complicated things. I think your name could do it. I think this is like the the topic that could do it. Anyway, um, yeah. So that's it for the news. And what we got? We got waifu of the week now, Sam. Uh, Hermes. Guess who it is? <laughs> no, it's Kino from Kino's Journey. Kino, the only. Kino, here's why Kino is is wife of the week. Number one, because that's what we're talking about. Number two, she's a badass. Number three, um, you know, her design, I think, is something that speaks a lot of volumes, especially when this came out. Like, it came out in 2003. You know, when when they... Yeah, same designer as uh, Princess Principal, Kohaku Kuroboshi. Kuroboshi! When they designed Kino, though, um, you know, they it's you know it's it's very easy in the anime world to to design a female character and be like boobs slender legs yeah, yeah, butts yeah. whatever and kino is well she's only 15 so. well no that's true but, but i mean i guess 15 in anime years is like 25 well no i mean there are 15 year olds <laughs> so, out there who got you know huh. um, but i mean i'm just i see what you're saying though so the thing about i like about her design though a lot is like it's like um it, you know it's very easy to like to make bo- big boobs and whatever when when you're making a female character but when they designed her I read not I don't know if it was an interview or what I read but like um th- that you know they wanted they wanted her to kind of be tomboyish and kind of um androgynous because her personality and her, th- her views on the world were the most important part of the show and so it's very well, and that yeah, she's also very neutral. Yeah, Jen, she's, so she's like trying to look. Neutral. Yeah, she's almost like, like um, like non-binary in a way, which I 
appreciate. You know, I think that's super cool. But also, also, she's just a badass. Like she's a straight. How how does the D and D chart work? It's like you have, you have lawful, lawful good, good neutral. How does the neutral work? It's like lawful neutral, <laughs> evil. Lawful neutral, neutral is like chaotic neutral. Lawful neutral is like you abide by the law and the and only the law. And if the law doesn't go your way, you're kind of just like, oh well, that's the way it is. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like you. I wonder if that's Kino or is she, is she chaotic neutral? I would say she's like chaotic neutral because she's never. She's always moving. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And she sense. she'll do stuff on uh she'll she'll make choices based on a on how she views the world, which is, you know, f- you know, for example, the Coliseum episode which we'll get later to later, but um uh but basically Kino's journey is is an episodic anime and a, just a brief summary, um she's just traveling the world with her sentient motorcycle Hermes, the talking motorcycle. Yeah, the the audience insert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> essentially. Yeah, and she just go every episode. She goes to like a new country or a new town or whatever, and she stays there for three days. And then by the time it's time for her to leave, she has like a thought, you know, or a. She kind of talks about her experience. Her and Hermes always has this conversation at the end of it. Um, at the end of each episode, like, oh, like, blah, 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 what was your experience? And it's things start becoming imaginative and thought-provoking, and um, that's the main part of the show, and that's just that's just literally what it is. That's the whole show. Um, yeah, it's all about, like, philosophy, pretty much. That's The show isn't about Kino's growth or some kind of overarching plot. It's... It's almost a little bit similar to Angel's Egg, except, you know, way less abstract <laughs> because right. it doesn't have like the, the typical structures of, a, of like most stories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of these ideas put on the screen and the audience is left to contemplate them. Right. And much. even though her growth is kind of prevalent throughout the show, it's not the main part. And, um, it, the anime is done in an episodic style with an emphasis on the atmosphere rather than on action or plot. And even though there is action and there is a, like a premise or plot in each episode, um, it's all about how she carries her and Hermes carry themselves, especially her through each country or each episode and their experience yeah. thereafter. Um, and I will say as far as atmosphere, it does, some episodes are better than others in that regard, and the I, agree. Uh, I can agree with that the soundtrack isn't quite up to up to like the highest standards. If I want like an atmospheric show, again, Angel's Egg or, or another example, Aria, the um, the soundtrack in those is is very striking. And in Kino's Journey, it has like a good OP and and a pretty good ending and all that, but. A lot of the um, in episode music is is kind of it's pleasant, but a little bit unremarkable. So um, I wouldn't put that as like the strongest suit. So it's I would say above everything else, it's about the themes and like philosophy. It's like even even above the atmosphere and all that. Yes, definitely, definitely. So I guess I guess you're, you're at this point of the episode. You're listening. You're thinking, how are we going to review this? Well, I think we're not. We're, Goodbye. We're, yeah, peace. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, so I mean, it's based off of a book or a series of novels by uh, Keiichi Sagasawa. He also did um, Alice and Tulilia. He did the other. No, he did uh, Sword Art Alternative Gun Gale. Alternative Online. Gun Gale. Online. Mostly, he's just done Kino's Journey as far as pretty much um, cre- original creating. Yeah. Um. I think he's also he's also on the staff for uh the the new one, I think, right? He's like there in the back, like, hey, do this shit. Uh isn't he? He might be. I don't see it listed on Mal, but then again Mal is kinda spotty sometimes. So Sure, sure. But yeah, so it's a light novel that came out they started it started coming out in two thousand. Um and it's still going actually. Like they're still still writing there's 20 volumes of this light novel. 
Um, uh, and I think it's published in English by Tokyo Pop. I think is what it says. Um, but uh, the the anime that we're reviewing is in two thousand three. Um, but I, I don't I don't really know. I don't really know how else to review this other than to tell you, I guess, how we thought of the show as a whole, and then tell you our like favorite apps or. You know, like I can definitely tell you my favorite apps and my favorite parts of it. Let's let's do a Kino style. No more than three minutes. No more than three episode. minutes. Otherwise, we'll get attached. Right? Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> actually, that would work out perfectly. Well, I wonder if that's. I mean, that's minutes, actually but, an interesting point, though. Yeah. That's almost kind of a big theme of it. Like she can't stay in one place at one time. Because, so the reason she doesn't want to stay uh, in any one's place is because she doesn't want to get attached to the setting or the or the uh, people too much and she doesn't want to get complacent and stop she wants to keep moving she just has like this inner urge to do that yeah and um i don't know if that is ever fully explained it's just what she wants to do um there is there is one episode um that gives her backstory where she's from this essentially her backstory is that she was from this town um i don't know the episode number Let's see here. Oh, I think it was episode four, uh, The Land of Adults. And essentially, she grew up in this town where um, kids at a certain age were sent up to this hospital to become lobotomized, essentially, and to make them um, only enjoy like working and be, you know, being an adult, right? Yeah. And so this, this other traveler named Kino... Uh, this this grown man comes and talks to her at her family's inn, and he eventually uh, saves her life because what happens is uh, she she questions the system to her father, and <laughs> it's like super dystopian. Like a lot of these episodes have that dystopian feel, where it's like, oh, this world is. Isn't that up. the They're episode really that shows? Idea isn't that episode shows where Kino is like younger and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Dude, that's my favorite character design. I love the the younger design of Kino, like with her with her hair. It is know? really good. Yeah, like, and she's like super cute. Um, not in a creepy Coco way. No, 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 no. She's just like <laughs> she's like adorable. Yeah, yeah. Although I know Coco just does that as a joke. Um, but yeah, like the uh, so basically, yeah, the Kino, the adult Kino, saves her life because the her dad and mom they get like so distraught that she questions the system, and the police come by, and he's like, well. It's your right. It's our right to kill our daughter now. <laughs> yeah. We there's shame on our family. So that he he starts running at her with a knife and and uh, the adult Kino just steps in front and blocks it. And Hermes, you know, carries her off out of, you know, into the sunset essentially. And and then eventually there's another part of the origin story where the she goes and and finds this older woman who helps train her in the woods. Um, you know, train how to shoot and do various other um, skills. So that was what would. So Kino, Kino basically escaped this, this like life that she could have had, where she would have just been doing the same thing every day. Where they, she underwent the operation, and yeah, yeah, that probably informs why she doesn't want to stay anywhere because she doesn't want to get stuck like that, right? Um, um, Kino is so not, so. Kino's yeah. not even her real name. Kino was the name of the traveler who inspired her to, you know. Yeah, he was I the original owner her, of Hermes, and then yeah, her original name. But it's not. Really I don't think they important. even say it. But yeah, it's not really that important, yeah. you know. Because, um, but but it, it's interesting that you bring up that episode though, because it happens only on episode four. Like it's pretty quick. You know what I mean? Like it happens, uh, only four episodes in, and that kind of plays into the theme of like identity and maybe why she continuously happens to have these convos with Hermes at the end of each episode, you know, like she, yeah, you know, it's like an identity crisis thing. It's almost like cloud from final fantasy seven, you know, like cloud wasn't always, if you've ever played final fantasy seven, which I don't know if you have, but dude, I already told you, man, my deepest, darkest secret. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> Never played Final Fantasy. Um, but for for those who have, you know, know, like he takes the position of Zack and and he has the big sword and whatever. It's almost the same thing. Like, you know, she takes on this this persona of Kino, this person who saved her life and inspired her. And um, but then later, as she grows up, continuing to travel, she kind of almost forgets that 
that that maybe that was supposed to be her life and maybe that's how she wants it. You know what I mean? Like maybe she's better off. In my opinion, I think she'd be better off. Like that's a fucking shitty that's a fucking shitty thing. Like when you turn twelve, you get lobotomized into Wait, are you saying she'd be better off? No, she's better off life? she's better off <laughs> forgetting what her name was and her old life was. You know what I mean? Like Oh yeah, yeah. Like taking someone else's identity and taking his his motor ad, or in this case Hermes. It's kind of like it's kind of like the Avatar, where like the, you know, the the persona of Kino is just transferred from person to person. Oh yeah, or maybe that's yeah. Hermes. I don't know. That's just my take on it. I don't think. But that's no, that's it's similar canon, to what but... I'm saying. It's very very similar. But like, yeah, like that's that's totally. I totally agree. I think that's probably one of my favorite parts of the show, though. Like, cause one, I like, dude. I just love the design of her of her kid character. So I like it more than her her 15 year old design. Like, that's because you're a pervert. It's just so kawaii. No, it's like a it's like a cat. It's like a cat. You just want to pet it. I just it's moe. I just want to protect it. <laughs> but um, so I guess, I I guess you know I don't I don't really know what else to say. What were your favorite? Okay, let's do this. What was your favorite? Like, so you like that episode clearly, which I think is one of my favorites too. To be honest with you, yeah, I like that one a lot. Um, that was good. Um, what wh- what was? Should we start with our? Should we start with our least favorite, or how do you want to? How do you want to do it? Um, you know what? My least favorite, actually, yeah, we should start with our least favorite. I think my least build up some hype. I think my least favorite one was uh, the the land of the wizards was kind of boring. Which one is that? Uh, the one where she goes to uh, the land of the wizards, where power is like measured by a, a person's ability to like make crops. I'm looking for this, and I don't see. Oh, here it is. And there's this one girl who, like, doesn't want to do that. She wants to build, oh, like, a yep. flying you know machine. I actually kind of agree because I think it was a fine episode, but it was too, it was, like, too straightforward. Yeah. And I guess, it, you know, it's it's kind of nice to have the, um, a bit of, you know, lightness in the midst of all the other episodes where some of them are kind of dark and right and nebulous. But like this one was just too basic. Yeah. She's like, Oh, I followed my dreams and I can fly. And I mean, without like in some shows that would work like an aria that would work because they just do such a good job of, of characterizing and you know, you're following them through all these things and all that. But this is like, you're, you're meeting a new character and she's going through this whole thing in, in 20 minutes. Right. And it's just not well enough produced or produced well enough to to um, to carry it. I don't know. It's fine. It's not terrible. I think the but... theme of it was kind of cool, right? Because every time she visits one of these cities, there's always some kind of rule or thing. The way they do things is how everyone's supposed to do them. And then she goes into this yeah, yeah. city, and this one girl doesn't want to do that. She wants to build a flying machine. I thought that was cool. It was just kind of like it was really basic in its presentation, and it was just kind of boring. Um, I also didn't really like the. Don't say my favorite, dude. I'm gonna get salty. I'm gonna get salty. <laughs> um, the one, no, I think it was the one after that, the land of the books. No, <laughs> no, that was my favorite. one. No, that one was good. I just, I don't know. I loved, I loved the critics, dude. Yeah, <laughs> it was so funny. Um, <laughs> just the way they talk, they're like, a critic can never be wrong. Oh, and it's just like, oh man, I love it. I like the idea of that. Just trusting the whole world to critics. <laughs> um, number eleven was that's like what we are, dude. Her journey, love and bullets. That one was kind of cool. Where she, she's, she's fishing. And she's kind of like remembering like people she's met. Um, it was a little all over the place, uh, but I, I definitely can tell you my favorites and why they're my favorites. Um, what what other episodes did you not enjoy as much? Um, let's see. Huh. I'm just looking at brief summaries now to, to double check. Maybe the railroad one. That one was a little boring, but I liked and I liked the, the Twilight the episode zero. I liked the Twilight episode zone. Zero the tower as well. The Twilight Zone feel of the railroad one was kind of cool. Yeah, the whole I mean, actually, that's a good point. This whole show is has that Twilight Zone feel because each episode is exploring 
one or maybe two themes. Yeah, in a, in a very in in a very peculiar and weird way. Like just like episode yeah. four, everyone's the law is like when you turn twelve, you get lobotomized into working, being a working person. Episode zero was kind of weird. The OVA well, that came like out a, two years later. It kind of felt later. like a Bible parable. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because they're building this giant tower, <clears throat> and the whole point is that the country, everything is funneled toward the tower, all the resources and jobs, and then eventually the tower crumbles, and they, you think they'd get all, like, distraught and mad. And no, they're actually, like, glad because then they get to rebuild it, and it's their generation who started the tower. And, and, and this one, basically, like, this one guy feels like he's going nuts and that it's, that it's like, why do they keep doing this? And then she she kind of like, Kino kind of convinces him. And it's like, wait, are you the crazy one? Or or is everyone else or is everyone else crazy or are you crazy? <laughs> right, like, right, right. Maybe a little bit of both. It's almost like they're... And then she, she recommends that they use like colored bricks or put like engravings and etchings on the bricks. And it's like, I guess, you know. Yeah, they almost see the tower as like a deity. Of some sort, like that's. Well, it's just kind of it's it's got like that Sisyphus type thing where you're just pushing a boulder up a hill, it's falling down, pushing it up, falling down, and it's just kind of uh, fruitless. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Also, the way the tower collapsed was like it like imploded, but <laughs> they didn't do a very good job animating that. So I, I guess I didn't I didn't enjoy that episode very much. Um, it was I I mean that was like a five out of ten episode for me. Um. Let's see. Actually, I really like the episode where everyone um, could hear each other's thoughts. That's episode one, isn't it? Isn't that the first one? Um, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's episode one. I, I like the idea of that because, like, there's no way to really implement that realistically without, like, changing our anatomy somehow. Right. <laughs> There was that one guy whose, like, wife had left him because they could start hearing each other's thoughts after drinking whatever liquid it made them hear each other's shit. He's like, oh, I played this song all the time, and and I thought she liked it, but she didn't, and I could tell and all that. And it's like, if you could hear everyone's thoughts, that would be, um, be, be pretty bad because, like, one, it'd be, like, all cluttered, and two, you would know all the negative, like, intrusive thoughts. And it would be hard to, you, you wouldn't be able to lie, for example. There'd be no lying. Um, there'd be no, like, sugarcoating or whatever. Or and, and think of it this way. Like, you, you walk up to somebody and you you could immediately tell what they thought of you. They're like, you know, if I could walk up to somebody and, like, I could hear their thoughts. They'd be like, whoa, gross. And I'd be like, oh, God. <laughs> I'm not walking out in public now. <laughs> right, right, right. You know? Um or maybe the opposite. Maybe everyone's like leering at you. But it's just like the idea of that's kind of cool. And, and and it ends up being that the whole country becomes isolated. Like each person becomes this isolated little cell. And, you know, and it's almost like it kind of the the way what I took away from it is that the theme of communication is very important. Obviously, there are thoughts that we keep to ourselves and that we should. But yeah, there's also things like. If you need to compromise or you need to talk about something, you should talk about it. Because obviously there were so many thoughts between this guy and his wife that were going unsaid, you know, and they probably could have worked it out somehow, but they didn't. Instead, they kept everything to themselves and shit went sour, you know, and that's just like, that's kind of sad, you know, like it. Yeah, I, I felt like that was a fairly well-directed episode too. Like definitely. I, I kind of enjoyed that for one like an introduction to the show too. I think it was kind of cool too, because um, here's this girl on her bike, her sentient bike. And um, she's just randomly in this town with this weird fucking thing where everybody hears everyone's thoughts. And then you go to the next episode and you realize what's happening. And it's like, okay, so everything is going to be like a, you know, everything is going to have a thing to it, like a gimmick, you know? And it's, I think that was kind of a cool way to start it off. Yeah. And this might be a stretch. This is my interpretation, but like, I think you could apply this as a metaphor to like social media a little bit. Um, because if, if people are like constantly talking and, you know, tweeting and, and posting pictures and, and videos and everything, that's, that's like, I don't know. This is a little bit of a stretch, but like that's kind of their that's either their true thoughts or their fake thoughts. So interacting with people in the real world um 
would be a lot different. Like, for example, I'd, I'd ask somebody what they thought about something and then later see them post on Facebook that they thought the opposite or whatever. Or on, on Twitter, it would be a better one. And sure, it I think I think it's kind of interesting that it could, like, for example, people could get, in, you know, right now people can get in trouble for what they post on social media. So they might become more, um, like, isolationist as far as how they how they put out their ideas um and it kind of i don't know i I could see i could see it going that way in the future for that but that's like such a stretch (laughs) again it's just like a loose tie to to that does that make any sense to you no i i I see what you're saying yeah um but yeah uh let's see another episode that i liked I know you like the Coliseum ones. I I kind of enjoy it. those are all right to me. So I only like those just because like you know I I like arena fighting shit like that. But I also like the end of it. Yeah. The end of that because it was a two parter. Yeah. The end of, that was the only two parter in the show. Yeah. The end of it was super sick. Like, okay, so I what is that called? The land of what now? That it's just called Coliseum. I don't know what the yeah maybe yeah whatever that country That's just was the called. Episode. I don't remember what the basically the guy there's like a mad king. He's a king. And he, and he's narcissistic he and these, hedonistic. Yeah, he holds these like tournaments and battles. Um, Any for, any for his amusement. anybody who yeah. visits the country he, hedonistic. Yeah. That's his, essentially he's a hedonist. Yeah, he he wants to just only experience pleasure. Yeah, he doesn't want to work. Yeah, and you see this guy too, and his face is very creepy. He's got like you know voiced by. Um, Vic Mignogna. He's got yeah, Vic <laughs> Vic Mignogna. Um Edward Elric. Edward Elric. But he did you watch this dubbed or subbed, by the way? Kind of a tangent. I watched it subbed. And I watched the first like three episodes uh dubbed. And I like them both, honestly. Uh, the dub is not yeah, as good, I, obviously, but I think yeah, the I don't uh, mind it. I watch I, I Kino's voice actor in the in the dub is like not quite the best. Because I feel like she she would do better with like a more deadpan voice. You know, she sounded too too deep a little bit to me but i mean other than that i think the double's fine right um so the reason why i like the coliseum one a lot is uh the, like nick said this king right you know he's just sadistic he's he's a dick um any visitors that come into his his country or town they have to participate in this uh battle tournament or be subjected to life as a slave or a second class citizen um so Kino's like, okay, let's fucking do this, right? Like, obviously, what is she gonna do? Um, so she, she, they're, they're able to use whatever they come in the 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 arena with. So she's got her guns, obviously her her two high caliber guns. Um, she ends up fighting this guy named uh, Shizu, I think his name is, and he's got like a katana, and he's just like a pro. He's like he's quick, he's fast. Um, anyway. She ends up in the semifinals and she's fighting this dude. By the very end of it, even though she not he knocks out one of her pistols, she pulls out the other one and pretty much knocks the sword out of his hand with the butt of the gun. And then she decides to, because she's such an excellent marksman, by the way, from where she's standing, she's able to put a bullet in the head of the king. And the everyone is just like, holy shit like you just did that shit that just happened and she makes up a new rule where well yeah the the winner gets to create a new law yeah for the country so the law she makes is um uh people keep you can keep doing the competition but by choice um because she feels like if she eliminates it altogether, then crime will rise, and there won't be a way to deal. They won't. There won't be a way to deal with the crime. So she compromises by making the law. Well, you can keep doing the arena or the coliseum, but do it by choice and do it by the vote of the people or whatever. And I think that's fucking cool. I th- yeah. This the way it ended was oh, fucking sick. No, that's that's all I was gonna say. Like it was just. It was like the movie Gladiator. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? <laughs> the, but the compromise that she makes um, is really cool. And that's that's what I was kind of getting at earlier with the chaotic neutral is she made this this choice 
like you know very you know very spon not super spontaneously but but she made this choice to do something very drastic to to help this country and that was by literally putting a a, a hole in the head of this dude uh who was fucking yeah. using people you know and uh it was just fucking it was dope it was it was sick um one other one other thing i like to mention is that this show really it's it seems to push a lot of like libertarian ideas. <laughs> it kind of does a little, yeah. And I'm like, oh, you know, you know our friend Drew, right? I'm like, Drew, you got to watch this, <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, that's not gonna be relevant to the podcast, but like, just because Kino is really all about, she's she's kind of all about like, um, what what's the word again? Socially liberal and you know otherwise conservative, which is and like small government type thing. Well, I think that's, that's what that's, I mean. If I, if I if I may say so myself, that's it boiled down in a nutshell, way oversimplified. That's I, I feel like that's what small government essentially. That's kind of libertarian. Well, in the case um, of this motherfucker, I mean, yeah, like, goddamn. And, um, I just thought that was kind of neat to point out. Um, what else? So yeah, as far as more favorite episodes. Oh no, did I close the tab? Anyway, um, what do we got? Go ahead, Sam. I gotta, I gotta open my tab again. I messed up. <laughs> Freaking. Um... Here we go. Oh, here we go. So going back to the land of books. Um, let's see here. I want to rewatch this episode again. I feel like I may have missed something by just I kind of zoomed through some of these episodes I watched. They gather all the books and they lock away the stuff that's quote unquote harmful. It's kind of like four Fahrenheit four fifty one, right? Isn't that yeah? Isn't that part of the plot of that? I would say story? I would say that. Where like they burn books. I've you know this is going to be an admission. People are going to shut off the podcast, but I have not read that Fahrenheit four fifty one yet. I haven't either. I got to get on. Know what it's. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like the land of books. So I just like the idea of trusting a society to a small group of like critics who aren't really, it's kind of similar or analogous to like the real world where politicians like they, they're kind of, they're not critics, but because they have, they have knowledge in other areas, but it's like they have one skill and they just, they essentially set, um, standards for the whole country like the government's tell it's kind of like china it's like censorship we're gonna censor or not censor based on our values and you know we're always right we have the best interests in mind north korea yeah yeah and um the the end of the episode is cool because there's there's this one guy who 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 has apparently read like all the books and he makes his own book. It's like the, it's about, like the giver. Yeah, it's about everything the book, but apparently the book at the end it, the book is is full of um just like blank pages and it's full of bullshit. And it, and and it's like they're they're kind of like blurring the 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 lines between reality and fantasy a little bit. Yeah. And that's cool. I, I want to rewatch to get more out of that one. Um yeah, I really liked that. So the the, the land of books episode nine, um, I think, is nine or ten. The other one I liked was the volcano episode where the whole village was Which one was, that in, one again? was in the path of a volcano. Um, let's see here, it's either twelve or thirteen, I think. No, it's not the uh, last. No, that one. twelve was different. So thirteen, I think. Oh, maybe it was the last one. Yep. So episode thirteen, it's called uh, "A Kind Land." Tomorrow never comes. So, Kino, uh, she visits this town, and they're all very nice and uh, hospitable to her, which some of the previous visits were not. And she she makes friends with this girl named Sakura, and she, you know Sakura reminds her of her younger self, and Kino Kino begins begins to grow attached to this to this town, and eventually, a volcano erupts and it buries the town like right as Kino has left because she's got to stick to her plan. Yeah. Or she was thinking about leaving anyway or thinking about going back. And 
she she witnesses it like the lava just engulfs it and kills everybody in the whole town and they leave her a note and everybody in the town knew it too like the girl knew it her parents knew they knew that the volcano was coming and they just wanted to leave basically a good impression because what had happened is their town had become notorious for for being um for being like bad really nobody wanted to go there they had no visitors or travelers or anything and finally kino shows up and they they want to redeem themselves and be remembered for that and it's i just, I just like the idea of like of like uh of like that redemption like you want to be remembered for a good thing it's, and even it's if it like means... that sense of atonement yeah i think the theme of atonement yeah, I mean, redemption is... although you could also argue that they could you know they should have survived and atoned even more <laughs> sure, that sure, too, but sure maybe they maybe they knew that they couldn't keep it up like maybe they knew that, that it was so ingrained in them that it wasn't possible long term i don't know but it's just i just like the idea of that and and um i don't know it was just cool i i do think though the kino's reaction at the end of it too um and the way it went down the way it was executed that episode is a very good way to end the like this show, the way the show is. It's episodic, you know what I mean. Um, everything is every theme, every episode is every theme of every episode is different. Every episode in itself is different, and it's almost kind of like, how are they going to end this, right? And because that was my that was my thing. I was like, how are they going to end this? Okay, how is how is this happening? How are they going to do this? And the one time. She thinks about breaking her three-day rule, and that's what happens. She wakes up, and she turns around, and she's got this look on her face like, oh, my fuck. Like, what the hell? You know what I mean? Like, she met this really cool girl who was super nice and super relatable to her, and the one time she thinks about going back and breaking her rule, and that's what happens. You know what I mean? It's it, that's very like Twilight Zone ish, right there. That's why I'm no tears, Nick. No, Never and, get attached, yeah. <laughs> dude. That's uh, Literally that's no tear, Nick, over there. Oh my God, Sam, who's your friend? That's no tear, Nick. That's my boy right there. <laughs> he won't cry no matter what. He doesn't cry no matter. <laughs> go ahead, why. punch him. <laughs> you can literally kick him in the dick, and he won't even cry. He'll just go like so. Ow. There's another. There, there were various uh, three OVAs. One of them we mentioned, the Tower episode, episode zero. There is also two more with um, kind of her backstory. Yeah, and yeah. One of them, I don't. The one was where... one of them the episode where with the sick girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah was that film. was the one directed by Studio Shaft. Yeah, it's called Country of Illness. Yeah, I really liked that one. Actually, that was in 2007. Um, yeah. And it looked a lot different because Studio Shaft did it, and they use like some. You could tell they use some uh, CG, you know, moments where she's riding across the landscape, and they they use some really cool directing uh, techniques. But what I liked about that one is is so this little girl is sick, and there's this whole um, so there's this whole city that's in a bubble essentially. They're in a dome, and you know, Kino has to be like sprayed down and and um, sterilized before she can enter because there's this sickness in the country that affects i think it's one in every three it is like one in every certain number of people gets this sickness doesn't matter of of their age background anything it doesn't matter they get a they get a a um a lethal sickness and they die and they're trying to find a cure for it and this girl has like these rich parents and she's she comes to talk she wants to talk to kino in the hospital and they talk to her and kino goes out to to deliver a a present to this little girl's pen pal who lives out supposedly lives out in the countryside. Right. And what Kino finds out is that there is nobody in the countryside. It's just this like abandoned city with this one guy at, at on post on duty. And he was the one who was writing, who was pretending to be her pen pal, the little girl's pen pal, because the boy had died a while ago and he was helping to provide essentially like they were using him as a way to provide like some kind of vaccine or, or, you know, human testing essentially to find cures for the disease. Mm-hmm. And the, the little girl is like kind of like drinking parts of him is like what's implied or drinking. Not, not literally him, but like the, the byproduct of, of his sacrifice or whatever. Yeah. And 
it's just cool that like she I, I just like the idea of like of of like ha- you know delivering letters and the person is dead but then someone else picks up where they left off you know and they, they do it as as a kindness you know yeah it's almost like to keep giving Kino a sense of hope kind of thing and like man yeah well was... the guy did try to kill Kino like in when he when she discovered all that right right because he was um, like oh. he had to preserve the secret that like that they were using human testing to find right um, a cure for the disease but it was I mean he made a good point though it was for the greater good but at what cost you know they had to sacrifice these human lives to do it and you know that I you know they they said they tried animal testing it didn't work and all that so it's actually super um, depressing <laughs> and that that happened. Like in the real world, that has happened. Like in World War II and stuff, there was a whole bunch of human experimentation, and yeah, I don't know all the details, but basically, like governments paid big money to get that to get that data. <laughs> yeah, after the after the war, even though it was like super immoral and yeah. like messed up, you know, but it was it's valuable data. Like they learned, you know, what are the limits of of like, you know, humans, what we can sustain and all that. Yeah. Um. But like, yeah, I, I also thought it was funny how Hermes was trying to talk to the other, the other bike, <laughs> when she when he parked there. <laughs> yeah. So, I love Hermes. Yeah, that, that was that was a that was a good one. Um. So. Oh, what else, man? I mean, I think we covered most of our favorites, right? Oh well, I I also did really like the bunny episode, episode two. I think. It oh, was. episode two. Um. You know, uh, Kino shoots this rabbit, and she understands that killing this rabbit to feed her, you know, she so she she respects the animal and she kills it. And then she sees these three guys who are trapped in the snow, and she decides to kill more rabbits to help feed them and keep them alive until the snowstorm dies. Turns out that they're slave traders, and they actually try to kill her at the end. And she ends up killing them. And she is like, almost has a regret of taking the lives of these innocent bunnies for these people. But it kind of ends with with Hermes kind of going like, "Did do you regret doing? Do you regret doing that? You know, do you regret killing the bunnies for these people? And do you regret wanting to save them because of your human kindness?" And she's kind of like, "You know what? Not really, because." I understand that this is their means of survival and this is what they do. And they even, it's implied that they even ate the slaves on their truck to survive that much longer. And she kind of was like, she wasn't really even phased by it. She was just kind of like, you know what? I, I don't regret it, but it's a shitty situation and that sucks, you know? And it it was, I don't know, man. It's like, it it kind of speaks to, uh, to blind trust and compromise and uh, the human nature, you know what I mean? Um, that's another, that was another one of my favorites just because of that. Um, it Just because of how they explored that theme. And if you know me personally, you know that I'm a big uh, sociologist. I love sociology and things like that. So that was a really cool thing. But I think, I, I think a good way to end this, this episode really is, is, me and Nick, if you're if you're still listening right now, thank you. You're, I fucking love you. You're great. You're amazing, and you're beautiful and handsome. And I want to have your children. But if you're still listening to this episode right now, you'll probably be saying, "Man, these guys are all over the place." Like, you know, uh, Nick's Nick's a butthole. Sam's a slut. Whatever. But you know what? Kino is all over the place. That's what she does. That's the theme of this show. Is she is all over the place, and every time she stops to think, something about herself and something about the world is discovered. I think that's how you have to live your life, right? I mean, that's what you have to do. As you're listening to us right now, you're probably something in your life is changing right now. As you're listening to us, you're you're, you're probably thinking, "Man, I should go watch this show," or "Man, I can't wait to listen to the next episode." You probably weren't thinking that before you listened to me just now. So go fuck yourself. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus.
But no, seriously, like, though. We love you. Go fuck yourself. No, seriously, though. Like, we were <laughs> all over. We, maybe we were all over the place on this review, but how else were we? How else would you do it when when the character and the point of the show is is to literally is literally just that? That's how it presents itself. Kino is all over the place. Yeah. She's never in one spot. And she just discovered these things. And, you know, it got me thinking about all these critical things about life and things I'm going through, things Nick is going through, things that this podcast is going through right now. You know, it's a very, very thought-provoking show with a very easy premise, and that's just a girl on her bike traveling the world. That's literally yeah. all it is. And bef- before we get flamed in the comments, um, we should mention that the – so I'm reading an interview on um, Anime News Network with the uh, the – creator oh, yeah, 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 Keiichi yeah. Sixawa. and so he he says his favorite story since we were naming our favorites his favorite is is a peaceful land mother's love which is episode 12 of the show and that's the one with like the it felt like the I don't know which dystopia but it felt like a certain dystopia where this these two warring nations had stopped like officially um battling and all that and you know so their their tanks and bombs were all were all grounded right and the way they solved that was they would they would uh, have a common enemy and they would hunt down these other this other tribe and they would do that every so often and determine the winner by whoever hunted the most whoever killed the most people yep. in this one tribe this one day and the reason they did that is because the the leader of one of the countries this mother had lost essentially her whole family to the war so she um, had found that solution with the other country to do that. And um, just like the way this one's directed is really is really good. Um, it's got a lot of like it feels kind of like those World War documentaries a little bit, you know, a little. It's got like these flashing images and stuff, and 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 um, I just like the the idea of of the matriarch controlling everything, and you know, setting these 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 hard to swallow conditions. But it's like at the same time, it's less. They're killing less people than they would in a war, right? Because instead of thousands dying, there's maybe, I don't know, less than 50. But it's this other tribe that's getting victimized, and you know they're <laughs> they've done nothing wrong. It's like a, but they're it's, getting yeah, hunted for it's, sport. It's a it's a it's like the cycle is still the cycle of violence is still going. It's like does it really yeah, yeah, does yeah. it really make it worth it? You know. Yeah, and the author was saying like that one was pretty emotional for him to write, and um, oh no, he said the one. He said that the fan favorite, according to him, was the one that I, one of the ones I mentioned, the the kind land tomorrow never comes with the the lava, um, the last episode. I, I and I I can definitely see that one. That one had a lot of, a lot of oof to it. So, a lot of <laughs> just us rattling off the episodes. <laughs> but I think <laughs> I like think it, I think it minutes. makes sense. So I think this was I think I think we and I did a good job. And I you know at first I was the, I thought the show was kind of boring, and then I was like I watched the the next however many episodes and I was like, you know what? I'm going to rewatch some of my favorite parts. And I did. And, and then I read some reviews and watched some reviews and I, I do really like the show. I think every anime uh, fan needs to watch it. Um, and you need to try and get through it. Cause it's, it's a really good show. Um, that being, yeah, it, that being said again, it, it's, it's not really conducive to marathoning. Oh yeah. I, well, you could, well, you could, Kino's journey, but then you're going to need to re- rewatch it really. Cause it's best experienced where you can kind of sit down and mull each episode over for a little bit, you know. Yeah. So if you're just clicking next, 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 then you're not you're not taking it all in, you know. Yeah. And I mean, there's not like it's not so complex that you can't understand it, but you just really want to get those ideas seeping into, and that's like the whole point of what the author was going for. Yeah, definitely. The conversations between her and Hermes at the end of each episode is definitely like a big part of it. Um, but that being said. Um, piggybacking off of Nick reading about this interview here, uh, one of the questions was, is there a message you would like to give the fans in regard to the upcoming anime? And he basically said, you know, I do all the checks for the stories and scripts. The only thing that's different is the production has been modernized. The animation style is more updated and it's going to be same Kino stories with more, with, with a bit more. So, I mean, I think this is definitely on my watch list for show for show. Yeah. And actually this is going to be a good one to watch weekly. Yeah. This is like the perfect show to watch weekly. Definitely. Definitely. 
this is definitely on on the weekly for me. Um, any final thoughts? I mean, so like final. So, what other shows would you recommend to someone um, who hasn't seen Kino's Journey or who has? Oh, that's a good one. I um, don't know. I've never seen a show like Kino before. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like, uh, so this is Kino's Journey is kind of like a slice of life. In a way, it, it kind of is. And I, I watched one of the old uh, Glass Reflection reviews, and he recommended Hibane Renme. <laughs> and I'm like, well, it has kind of a similar color palette. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. It's a little less, and he even said it's like a little less clear. It's a little more plot-driven uh, than Kino's. No, other way around. Kino's is all plot, pretty much. Fuck plot. <laughs> yeah, fuck, hashtag fuck plot. Um... I don't know, like Boogie Pop Phantom. <laughs> oh god! So Kino's Journey is the good version of Boogie Pop Phantom anime. That's like, a good way to say it. I know. I don't know if we mentioned it in the Boogie Pop episode where I had to watch it, but like that anime is not for people who haven't read the source material. You have to have read the source material to get Boogie Pop Phantom anime because it's just like it's fucking weird. Anyway, um, yeah, let's see, Kino's Journey. Let's just check Mal. What is what do they have for like recommended? That's this is really helpful. I'm just <laughs> reading off Mal. Uh just saying also, shout out to uh, Dengeki Bunko imprint. The you know they Oh Mushishi. Mushishi. Mm-hmm. That, that's the other big one. Reflection. He mentioned that one as well. Um Kaiba. Sam, would you like a cappuccino? No, I'll have a mushi. I'll have proxy. a mushishino. Actually, er, I'm gonna go with Ergo Proxy. Ergo Proxy would be my other Ergo um, Proxy. Somewhat similar recommendation. Because it's it's like a road style where the characters are going on a journey and it's all about Oh philosophy. hey, Michiko Tohachin. There you go. Watch that shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's a traveling motorbike thing. There you go. Except, Samurai champion. Except except Michiko <laughs> Tohachin's on is like thought provoking. It's just like Here's a mom and her daughter, and they're going through some shit. And there's Japanese, yeah, there's Japanese Mexican the people. Comparison. Actually, no, I think Ergo Proxy is the best comparison because you have, um, you have like robot character and a, and a human. Fucking Yoshitora Sanchez. <laughs> Not even listening. <laughs> so where where would you rank? As another final thought, where would you rank Kino in terms of your uh, anime that you've seen so far? Eight out of ten. Eight out of ten. Yeah, that's about, that's pretty close. What I would do it. I I don't. I like just randomly gave it a seven. I probably bump it. Um, I liked it. So oh, only yeah, reason I, I is because my, like top quartile. Only reason <laughs> is because it's it's almost a little hard to watch for at times. It's it's, it's kind of slow. Um, but that's because yeah. of the way it's being told, and the way the presentation is is is, is like you know it's almost a little artful. Um, but um, yeah. Eight out of ten for me. I think it's a really good show, and I like Kino. Uh, I like her androgynous, gender neutral look, and I I love that she's a badass. And I like her kawaii girl in the dress with a giant um, machine gun. But yeah, it, it, cutting down a tree. The 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 novels are are Dengeki Bunko, so she's actually in the game Dengeki Bunko Fighting Climax as a support character. So that's super sick. Oh god, <laughs> dude, I gotta find. I gotta see. Just fucking sick. That's crazy. She, in the anime, she's like really op. So. Dude, yeah, she's a support character, so she comes out and shoots, shoots bitches. She comes out and she's like, "Grrr, grrr." Oh man! Oh my god! Listen, go watch Kino's Journey, and then when you're done with that, you can come back to RSS.Anime Summit and subscribe to the RSS feed. And then when you're done with that, you can go to YouTube.com/AnimeSummit and subscribe there. And then after that, you can follow Nick on Twitter at Blind Freeman, and you can follow me at Phantasma Justera, and follow the Twitter at Anime Summit. And then after that, you can subscribe to Anime Summit Extra on YouTube, when you can find the link and to that on the original YouTube. And then go fuck yourself. We're just stealing Bill Burr's bits here. <laughs> then after that, I want you to DM Quoka on Twitter and say, come back. From Korea, stop being over there because nothing's yeah, over there. Send, send him some Google Translate. You're not. Korea you're not. Language. You can't pull off Korean Gangnam language. style very well. 
Tell him he is too much of a gaijin. <laughs> <laughs> so that being said, me and Nick are going to be at the Burnsville Center Arcade this weekend. And if you want to challenge us to uh, initial D, you should. Do they have that? They here? do. They have version three there. We should go play. Holy I shit, still have dude. my Mitsubishi I, Lancer. Let's go play. I'm down. If they have the soundtrack, I'm down. They do have the <laughs> dude. They have the uh, version three has the best soundtrack. Deja vu, bu- bu- dude, okay, no, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna borrow a friend's camera and we're gonna vlog playing Initial D at the at Tilt at Burnsville Center because they have version dude. two and three and I believe they have maximum tune as well. We need to like we need to like cut it too with like shots of a, a cup of water not yeah. spilling <laughs> and stuff and like. Dude, well, you know, like my foot pressing the gas. You could pedal do the boot. We could do the. We could play the Boonta challenge mode, or not Boonta challenge, but the. What's his dad's name? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, but um, it's a challenge. It's a challenge videos. mode where on the screen there's actually a cup of water, and if you spill it, you fail the stage right away. Oh, that's sick. Yeah, <laughs> um, but anyway, do all- that's my fantasy football team's name running in the nineties. There you go. <laughs> Just a picture of a cup. So, anyways, do all that stuff I just said, and then go to AnimeSummit.net and find the Discord link and join us on Discord and talk to us and stuff. And you can say hi and to next week. And then next week, we are doing Fall 2017 fall Anime First 2017. Impression. First, I'll give you my first impression right now. Kino's Journey is great, and I haven't even seen it yet. Fuck yourself. I'll give my first impression. Ancient Magus Bride. Hi. I'm actually super hyped for that. Like, I want to watch. There's, the a, shit there's a couple of OVAs that they're like her prequel yeah it, yeah so check those i'm gonna out. watch the shit out of that but anyways dude, you're gonna fucking love that show son. dude it Look looks fun. great yeah i think the design looks sick anyway that's gonna be your aots it might be maybe. might be my no go idea. go oats it might be my oats in in way that and black clover i'm not i'm not, i don't know about black clover <laughs> you gotta watch the first episode dude anyway this has been a great journey with the anime summit podcast i've been sam he has been nick the brick, Jimmy the Hat, Don Corleone, 